0: Just a friendly reminder that if you wish to support the ministries of this podcast or of the local church in which I serve, you may send any donations to 563 East Main Street, Philadelphia, Mississippi, 39350, care of Henry's Chapel, UMC. So this week we celebrate Epiphany. Though... The actual day of epiphany is january 6th it occurs 12 days after christmas and it's represented often by the magi coming and visiting jesus In that text that we so familiarly hear connected to it is matthew chapter 2 verses 1 through 12 where we hear these words in the time of king herod after jesus was born in bethlehem of judea wise men from the east came to jerusalem And they were asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and we have come to pay him homage. And then King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all of Jerusalem with him, and calling together all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. And they told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel and when Herod secret, and when Herod secretly called for the wise men, he learned from them the exact time the star had appeared, and then he sent them to Bethlehem, and saying, Go search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage' And when they had heard the king, they set out there ahead of them, and they went to to where the star had been seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. And on entering the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, And they knelt down and paid him homage, and they opened their treasure chest, offering him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So by definition... An epiphany is a moment of sudden or great revelation. And as we welcome in the new year, that we always oftentimes have New Year's resolutions. It's my hope and my desire that we will also be full of revelations. That we will see these sudden and great revelations for ourselves, for our church, and for our world. But in order to experience this epiphany and to notice these, we must prepare our hearts and our minds. We must first open our eyes and our ears, as well as our hearts and minds, and be prepared to look and listen. The Magi were aware. They they show us that being a seeker means to be observant. Because they observed the star at its rising. And let's be honest, in order to observe a star at its rising, you have to be paying attention to what's going on. You don't just look up and go, oh, that's new. You're observant. You're attentive to what's going on. We must be on the lookout for that movement of God in order to have an encounter with God. But so often, I think we have become blind. Our hearts and our minds have become blind to the movement of God. We have deafened our ears to where God is at play. And so we are not, we do not see or receive those moments that God is at work. And if we're not listening or paying attention, it's really hard to notice and honor those moments when they come. But how, the question still remains, how do we quiet our minds and our spirits? that we may live in that state of attentiveness. We do it through things like prayer and fasting, through searching and reading the scriptures that we're going to talk about later, through meditation and worship, through holy communion and Christian conferencing or being in community with one another, through doing good works of visiting the sick and the imprisoned and feeding and clothing those in need. We do it through seeking the justice in the opposition opposition of slavery in whatever forms it may present themselves. We do it through things that John Wesley would call the means of grace, meaning that they are ways in which we encounter and experience and become mindful and attentive of God's grace in our own lives. Now granted, this is not an exhaustive list. I'm sure for many of you, you are thinking of other ways in which you encounter God's grace and love in your own life. But this is a list that we can start with if you're wondering where you can start to be more attentive as as to how God and the movements of God within your own lives and within your own heart and soul, these are ways in which you can do so. Because we must center our lives and ourselves to be mindful and attentive as we seek to commune with God. It's my hope in 2021 that we as individuals and as a church find ourselves seeking after the God that it feels like we have started to wander away from as we have found ourselves living in a world filled with hate and dissension. The wise men were attentive. They noticed that God what God was showing them through the star. And because of their atten- attentiveness to the call of God in their lives, they knew that this was something special. And this called them to go and to search deeper. It called them to move, to go into action as they sought out the star, which speaks to their hope and their faith that they didn't just sit idly by and go, oh, that's that's cool, that's different. But because of their faith and their hope, they found themselves being moved to action by this epiphany. One of my favorite Spots in scripture about being attentive is the book of first Kings. And then first Kings beginning in, in verse 10, I believe it says that it says, I've been working my heart out for God of all angels armies, said Elijah and the people of Israel have abandoned your covenant, destroyed the places of worship, murdered your prophets. I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me. Just think about where Elijah finds himself. He's going, God, I've been doing your work. But but now it just seems like every time I do your work, bad things continue to happen. And for many of us coming out of 2020, this is where we are. We're finding ourselves going, God, I don't even know what to do anymore. And what he's told is, go stand out on the mountain before God, because God's about to come by. He's saying that what we hear is, that even in the midst of our turmoil or whatever in this new year, what we're called to do is go and stand and be present, waiting for God, searching for God, giving our, our hearts, our minds, our ears, our eyes to be attentive to where God is. And it says that a hurricane wind ripped through the mountains and shattered the rocks before God, but God wasn't to be found in the wind. And after that, there was an earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but God wasn't even in the fire. And after the fire, there was a gentle and quiet whisper. Elijah had been driven out by fear, but was still willing to be able to hear the voice of God in that quiet whisper. My hope, is that we are attentive enough in our faith and our hope of Jesus Christ that even amidst the turmoil, even amidst all that's going on, whether it's the earthquakes or the hurricane winds or the fires that are going on or those moments where we feel like people are out to get us, that we can have our hearts and minds quieted enough to hear that still small whisper. As we return to our story from Mark, we we find... King Herod. And while I by no means will be the one to applaud everything that happens in King Herod's reign, I do want to give credit where credit is due, but that though Herod's first response was fear, and, and let's take a moment to look at this idea that Herod's first response, very first response, was fear. And why does this scare him? I think it scares him because he has, he realizes that this is calling into question his own power. And I think for us, this calls us into question: What power do we need to give up in order to seek the epiphany? In order to seek the Christ child? In order to be attentive to God? What is that power that we need to give up? That power of control or shifting, or or, or we know where God's at because we know God, and so so God's where we want God to be. But maybe it's giving up that control and saying, God just. Just you guide me. You direct me. God, give me the star to seek. But fear is a powerful motivator. I mean, advertisers play on fears and they assure us that their products are going to help us rest more easily. The daily news headlines are written to shock us into a higher level of anxiety, playing on our fears and our worries and our concerns, keeping us anxious so that we will want to learn more news. But the beauty of the heart of Matthew's story of the God, of Jesus' birth is this is the promise that this world has got that God has come to he has come to a people that are so controlled by fear a fear that too often drives them and us to do the unthinkable to each other and to ourselves if that doesn't just pinpoint where we find ourselves in our world today I don't know what does but the beauty of it is that God loves them and us and God longs to fill this, this, this deep need that we have and bear. This is the epiphany that God desires for us to realize, that God longs to fill the void, that God's perfect love casts out fear, his grace conquers our shame, and to show us how to live in kingdom ways and not worldly ways. But in order to do so, we must be attentive to, in the faith and the hope of the voice of God. So Herod's first reaction is fear, but to give credit where credit is due, his second response was actually a pretty good one. Because Herod essentially starts a Bible study. He he recognizes that this new king was not just any king, but the anointed one of God, the Christ that we had heard that he had heard about in the scriptures. And so what he does is he calls together his advisors to look into the scriptures and to find the answers that they needed. And I just think that's a great response that that when we don't understand that, that when we are pushed by fear that maybe what we're called what we should do is this next step should be to dig into the scriptures to commune with God to seek out answers from God instead of allowing our fear to say that can't be happening that can't be present but to go all right God what is happening here speak to me in that still small whisper But whatever the reason the Magi continue to seek the star, and they go to the very place where Jesus could be found, and they find Jesus. And then when, and what's beautiful about it is that when they find Jesus, they know that it's Jesus. Like It's not like, a, oh, well, maybe we are supposed to keep going or whatever. And I think this speaks to the idea of listening to the call of Christ but they become more as we become more attentive to God's desires for us as individuals and as a church through the strengthening of our hope and our faith and through relationship with Christ we, we no longer find ourselves sitting around but we're drawn to action we we can start we find ourselves starting with the baby steps of going I, I don't know where i'm going but god i know that you're calling me to move and we take that first step in faith and then we find the strength and the courage to take the next step. You see, I think so often our fear of acting for God is because we can become very overwhelmed by the totality of a task. While we look at what it is that God's calling us to do, we go, I can't do all of that, but we, we, we have to take the first step. It's kind of that, that old children's story, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? We don't look at it and go, we're so overwhelmed by this, but what we do is we say, all right, God, what's the first step? Okay, well, what's the next step? And the next thing we see is we're running. We're running towards the star. You see, the star was the epiphany. It was that thing that ignited within the Magi the desire to go. It was, it was what was going on. But the epiphany in itself is not what necessarily changed them. And it's not what necessarily changes our lives, just having an epiphany. But we're called to act on that epiphany And because what happens with the magi as they act on their epiphany is they encounter Christ. Because notice how the story ends. They went home by another way. They didn't want to follow the ways of the world. While the star didn't change them, the encounter with Christ did. And the Magi teach us that when we meet Christ, nothing is ever the same. You don't have to take that old road any longer, you, but it unfolds a new map and it calls us to discover an alternate path of the ways of the world. Finding God requires us to look in unexpected places, but it also requires interpreting what we see through the lens of Scripture and love, through the lens of who God is. God is with us from the beginning to the end, revealing himself in unexpected ways, including us in the family of God, speaking to us, sometimes even in a quiet whisper. But the question remains, how will we respond? When God breaks into our lives with an unexpected miracle of grace, what will we do about it? Will we find ourselves so paralyzed by fear that we do not act? Will we find ourselves perhaps even, so we, we are not initially paralyzed by fear, but we find ourselves then analyzing and digging into what it actually means and we find ourselves with paralysis by analysis still not going because we're too busy trying to research and gain wisdom but not actually listening and pursuing? Or will we step out of our own expectations and allow ourselves to encounter the living God in the person of Jesus Christ? Have we become attentive enough that we will know God when we see God? And then that finding our lives will be changed forever as we go home by a different way. Through the epiphany, we celebrate God's revelation of his only son to the world, which awakens us to all the possibilities that lie ahead of us in the year to come. And in this new year, as we did last year, I want us to close by saying John Wesley's covenant prayer, as it is a reminder that the one we have found also found us. So let us pray. God, I am no longer my own, but thine put me to what you thou wilt rank me with who thou wilt put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be employed by thee, or laid aside for thee, exalted for thee, or brought low for thee. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine, and I am thine. So be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen and Amen. Let us go forth seeking the epiphany and having the strength and the courage to act on those epiphanies in our lives.